Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. I'm sure you've heard me talk about how I've been discussing gear and hunting tips with others on Go Wild. And if you haven't, I want to take a second to reiterate that it is a free social media community for hunters, outdoorsmen, and women. It is a uh, really great place to just chat with other hunters, find tips. You can even check out gear based on other people's setups. If you want to see the OKS Hunter setup, go ahead and check out mine. You can find me on the application. Uh, just search my name, Eric Clark. You can look for Greg's stuff also. Uh, Greg T-U-B-B-S, Greg Tubbs. And every person that creates a Go Wild account, it is free, and you'll receive a $10 gift card when you join up. They have a ton of gear in their store uh, from brands like Garmin, Vortex, uh, Quick Survive, Early Riser Coffee, uh, all sorts of gear that you can get right from their platform, and you can see how other people are actually using that gear. Moreover, right now there's a lot of trophies being posted, whether it's a squirrel or a buck or a doe or even alligators and all sorts of things like that. The more you post and engage, the more points you get, which means you can actually earn some money from those points, cash in and get some cool stuff. So head on over to timetogowild.com to learn more, or you can check it out in our show notes. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks if that's just me in the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the OKS Hunter Podcast. Coming at you from the OKS Hunter Podcast studio here in Oconomowoc. Wisconsin. I wish I had a better, cooler name for like where we're podcasting from, but I don't know. Some people can't even pronounce Oconomowoc. Just you know, that's totally fine. I'm not going to hold that against you. It's a weird uh, <laughs> city name. But hey, Greg's in the woods. He's hunting. Derek's in the woods. He's hunting. Uh, they're hunting together, but apart. And they're down in Illinois trying to make it happen. To I haven't got any messages yet. I got my phone here just in case. But so far. Other than seeing some deer here and there, no uh, no kill shots yet or anything that I've heard about. So we'll see. I'm sure those guys have lots of stories that they'll be sharing when we roll into the next couple of weeks here. But uh, I've been out a bunch, and I have stories too. So anyway, uh, shout out to Backwoods Grind Coffee. If you haven't heard of them, get some. I got uh, coffee here. I'm drinking it up because, well, I'll be up late tonight doing the show. Uh, and then Spartan Forge is our presenting sponsor. Head on over to SpartanForge.ai and use code OHP for 25% off. Also, OHP for Backwoods for 10% off. And uh, Spartan Forge is, they're just in development mode. They are uh, taking all of the activity from their beta testers and like revving, which means like they're revising the app to do more better stuff. Um, based on users. So uh, right now, the application, at least for where I'm at in Wisconsin, says that this Thursday and Friday are going to be fantastic days to be out. And that's a, this is real data, not some arbitrary made up wherever it's coming from. Um, real data and AI based on tracking 
collar information built over eight years. So good stuff. And then uh, friends of the show, I've been using the latitude method saddle now. I haven't talked about it too much preseason because I wasn't using it yet. But now I've hunted out of it, I think, three times. And my dad was asking me about it. Hey, how do you like the saddle? How's that going? I'm getting quicker up the tree with it uh, compared to like just two times ago. Um, I feel safe in it and I have some <laughs> reasons I would talk about for that, but moreover, it, it is comfortable. The two piece system that I'm using the method two is, it's just great. Like if it were a single piece unit, I would be uncomfortable because I am until I get that thing adjusted. So once I get that thing adjusted, I start to get real cozy in that tree and I can, you know, handle a lot of different, like different, you know, leaning poses or sitting or what have you. So anyway, uh, I'll get off of my whole sponsorship call out stuff we do have a guest with us today we have with us on the show uh noah oh damn it gould did i do it right noah yeah yeah you did yes i did all right rock on i always uh i've messed up a lot of names over the years so i was like oh no moment of truth well welcome to the show noah is uh from green bay wisconsin and today we're talking about uh your transition from a primarily private land hunter to doing more public land hunting and some of the reasons behind that and what that journey's been like so far. Uh, we'll encourage any call participation from the audience. The number's on the screen, or it will be. I'll put it up there uh, to kind of add value where they see fit if necessary or questions and things like that. But I think you've been a listener to the show for at least a little while, and that's how we got in touch. You're a listener, and you're like, hey, I want to be on the show. Let's talk about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. Yep. No, welcome to the show, man. Uh, anything in particular you want to tell the audience about yourself or where you've been hunting and what it was like growing up on private? Okay, yeah. So um, I grew up hunting uh, just north of Green Bay, about an hour, so Marinette County. And uh, it's definitely gotten a lot better from when I was a kid. Like, it used to be like, shoot anything that moves type deal. So a lot of like uh, the gun hunting style. And um I really got into bow hunting when I was probably 13 and um, just did it a lot on the farm. Uh, it is a bigger piece though. It was like 500 acres. So for up there, that's a pretty big chunk. And uh, I guess I just kind of fell in love with hunting at, at a young age. And it was more the gun hunting at first, but now it's all bow hunting. Um, so you started with gun and now you're only doing gun? Yeah. Or well, it depends on the scenario. If, uh, if I don't have a buck down by, by gun season with the bow, I usually will, will, uh, pick up the gun, but, uh, sometimes I will bring that bow out there with me in gun season too. Are you bringing um, both or just one? Both, both. Like literally yeah. on a sit, you're bringing both weapons. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's kind of not a good idea. Cause it can like, mess you up if one's at like 30 yards and you're like what one am i gonna use <laughs> i'd be like well it depends how big it is yeah. mess this up yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah more often than be not, here shoot, gun, shoot. yeah you don't gotta be here and shoot a buck with a bow on on the gun opener yeah yeah god knows if you but, miss, um, you're gonna shoot it yeah yeah but uh yeah so i started started doing that and then once i turned about 16 um i started watching midwest whitetail so I think when I was 16, I think like Jake and Zach Fahrenbaugh and then uh, like Aaron Warbritton were all on that show at the time hunting public land. So I kind of saw some of the bigger bucks that they were getting on. 
And I was just like, I think I can do that. So I put like a climber and I would go into public land and sit and see nothing. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing wrong here? So I saw more hunters than deer that first year of hunting public land probably. And, uh, and I was still hunting private and I still do, um, for the most part, but every year I go out for at least a week or two out to Eau Claire and, uh, do some, some public land hunting over there. So Eau Claire and, and you're obviously hunting kind of in your area, Green Bay, um, generally, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've got access to a couple properties, uh, ones in O'Connell County, uh, Marinette County. Um, I do some public land hunting where I go to school, which is near Oshkosh right now. And, uh, so that's, I do like mostly Green Lake County for public land around here and then Dunn County and Eau Claire County and Clark County when I go on public land out West. So you're, I guess, what is it, what is the learning curve been like when you got on that first piece of property and you're like, you know, that first season, like, man, I'm not seeing anything like these guys are, what the hell am I doing wrong? Like what, what did you start to do then? And. And before you answer, like, have you had an increased uh, measure of success since those years? Yeah, yeah. Every every time I go out there now on public land, I I don't like beat around the bush. I try to go in and I think that I'm gonna kill like a, a big buck every time I go in. I mean, that's that's the goal that I have, um, or at least like at least seeing one. Um, I don't want to like sit on the sideline, so to speak, and just kind of kind of watch what's going on, but. I like to be in the game, in the action. So when I first started hunting, I was kind of picking pieces that were like easy to access. And I was only going in like 300, 400 yards and hunting like obvious like spots that most people would be in. And um, looking like looking at a lot of the properties I hunt now, it's like a lot of water access with kayaks. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that allows me to, to go after like nicer deer for sure. And then overlooked pieces, um, like two of the pieces that I've hunted in the past two years where I've seen some nice deer, uh, four and a half plus year old deer, they were only like 10 acres or less in size, like the woodlot at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that is MFL the those two pieces um yeah i mean that that stands for managed forest law yeah managed forest law we've managed forest law and then vpa which is voluntary public access there's also conservancy properties um that you might be able to draw on so there's there's a couple different ways like types of public land that you might be yeah permission from the landowner um but then they kind of have to grant it to you more or less the reason that's called managed forest law is they're getting a tax break by allowing recreation and or hunting on that property. Um, that was a big issue a number of years ago because some landowners were landlocking that and surrounding that parcel by private. So then you couldn't get to it without trespassing. So it was like self-defeating. So the DNR kind of said, no, you, you have to have an easement to this property. You can't just get the tax incentive without allowing people to access it. Yeah. And like, th- that's the one thing that uh, when I started hunting MFL, and in forest crop law too is like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the properties that I ended up hunting a lot, the lady had like totally like tried to get me to like do things for her that like she shouldn't have been like not like 
in a weird way. <laughs> in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, lady, take like, it, it, easy. it was it was weird stuff. She wanted me like she wanted me to shear her sheep to be able to hunt the property, and then she would like get mad at me if I wouldn't do anything. So I ended up uh, like telling her that I was gonna get a warden in there because I knew she couldn't do that. Like they have to let you hunt. Mm-hmm. Like they can't they can't technically say no to you hunting, but like they can't they can't like bribe you into doing anything to hunt there either. So I had talked to a warden. They need yeah, to know you're there, kind of thing. Like they need to know that oh, you are here. Okay. It's yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But she ended up wanting me to like shear her sheep and like mow her lawn and stuff, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. Shear her like, sheep. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what she wanted me to do, but uh, <laughs> you could do that um, for people. Like, there's land that you might be able to go do some chores for, and like, and then hunt it. But that's different. That's different. It's like, yeah, that's totally uh, different. I would, I'd definitely be down to do that if it was like not that situation. <laughs> um, but yeah, my buddy ended up shooting an ice buck off of there that last year, uh, 125 inch ten pointer, so a, a three year old gear. And then um, I ended up shooting a, a buck last year, a three-year-old deer over there. Also, uh, my first sit-in, which was which was pretty nice. That was my first uh, public lander, open to public buck that I ever killed, and that was definitely probably the coolest hunt I've ever had too. So when you say you're going in with this confidence that I'm going to go in and kill something, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines what are you doing? You know, are you, what are you doing to get into the property and, and how are you approaching it? Uh, I guess, um, I'm trying to like get away from people. Like, first of all, like, like hunting on private land, I was so used to not seeing people, um, obviously and not having anything ruin or, or upset the hunt when I'm hunting there. So when I hunt public land, it's like the main thing I'm trying to do is just be there alone like ha- don't have anyone else like come in on me when I'm set up and it's happened for sure. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, everybody deserves to be, be able to hunt the property, but uh, I try to get in like, like either into overlooked spots, like r- right near the road, even in some scenarios. And then uh, just like during the weekday too, that that'll take a lot of pressure out. If you can hunt like a, a Wednesday, like a Wednesday morning was when, when I shot that buck. And um, that probably eliminates like three quarters of the pressure and, and other hunters when you can go on on a weekday. Yeah, that's a big that's a big one that people consider like, oh, what's your tactic? What's your approach to the getting in the property? It's like, well, probably not different <clears throat> than any other pe- person. Like Dan Infault just did a video on this or a post or something recently where he talked about, look, I'm – Yes, he's the, he's a badass. Everyone knows he's a badass. He does weird shit yeah. with Austin Swampson's underwear or whatever and, and yada yada. I mean, he kills big deer and he has for a long time. But he said more people have more knowledge and access to that knowledge and more people are hungry for it and eager and they've learned all these things. So now, like getting far back in there, is it's not just me anymore. It's everybody. You know, things like OnX and HuntWise and Spartan Forge and, you know, all these other applications that exist help illuminate property boundaries and people now know about mfl and bpa and like these aren't hidden things any longer you could really wear a pretty loud badge of honor maybe even 10 years ago you would have been the only person that probably knew about mfl among 10 people 
Everyone knows what the hell that is now. It's not new. Yeah. Those landowners have all been bothered by this stuff. They know what's going on. Um, now there's even also like VRBOs of hunting. Hum- there's like rent to hunt and uh, land trust. There's dude. There's a dozen of those companies where I can go get public access to private land on a day lease tomorrow. Um, so there's no shortage of this flood of knowledge. So like this mentality of getting far back in there and away from human sign, that's still possible. It's more difficult because more people are doing that type of activity. I took a canoe down a river and I was going to a spot that no one else can go to. I got there and there's already another canoe in the exact spot I was going to put in. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It's like someone else looked at a map and (laughs) the same assumptions that I had. It's not that uncommon, but if I would have went on a Wednesday, I would have been the only canoe there. So the yeah, time yeah. I think is honestly a really, really big piece. And that's when something that I took advantage of um, with my PTO. Like I'm taking Mondays off instead of Fridays, you know, like yeah. who the hell's taking a Monday off? I don't know. Most people <laughs> are taking Friday off for some reason. And Monday it's like, oh no, I'm three day weekend on the back side of it. Cause I'm going to extend my hunt into that day when everyone else is working. Um, yeah. I think that's like one of the biggest things is, uh, like hunting when nobody else is hunting or a lot of people are working um but not everybody can do that i mean we gotta work and make a living somehow but uh yeah definitely over the past two years i've seen like a huge increase in the amount of pressure on on those mfl pieces that i hunt and um my buddy carl he's uh hunting tonight actually and last week they were hunting over there and there was nine cars on the parking lot of, of one of the pieces that they went in on. And Sorry. they, they ended up, I think him and my buddy Max ended up going out and he must've hit a branch or something. And he missed like a one four D or whatever it was. And they caught, he thought he hit it cause he called the dog in and tracked it for like 600 yards and never found a speck of blood. So they just assumed he missed. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm going to try to get out there in the next couple of weeks, probably before gun season during the week. Uh, but I'm, I'm after on private land, a nice 10 pointer that I've had on camera for, for three years now. So I'm, I'm pretty stuck on that buck right now. Yeah. Greg or co-host, he's uh, stuck on a buck on public land that he has some history with and his family has some history with. And, uh, disappears after a certain amount of time and just you know we're not even sure if it lives through the season and sure enough it showed back up again he's like holy shit i have to hunt this deer <laughs> so he's been trying to hone on like where could it be betting what is its range you know what what the hell's going on and you know so far not a whole lot of luck it's really hard to get into the thick areas that he's in he's in you know hunting a, a, a tamarack swamp or what have you where it's thick nasty in there you can't move into that space quietly almost at all and yeah. even, you know then it really is again you talk about a game of inches like unless that deer moves through like right in front of you, you're not going to get it. There's too much crap in the way. So you got to really, you know, I don't know that this time of year, I feel like it would be more challenging to hunt a deer like that. And and maybe he'll like call in and tell me to shut my mouth, but he, (laughs) that's the kind of deer. I think if you're in that area, you're going to want a pattern early season with trail cameras, which I think he's been doing um, and getting what's on that pattern. Now bucks are doing, all sorts of weird buck things that they normally probably would never do. They're making some pretty terrible choices. So, um, yeah, Oak tree dreams, uh, says, uh, that's how I feel. The amount of people who get permission to hunt the farmer's land that butt up to ours, but they have, but they feel the pressure to move on ours. Cause we can't get out as much. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. 
Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. there's no shortage of people getting interested in this stuff, which I think is overall really good for hunting because the more people that are interested, the less likely hunting is to go away. And if certain people have their agenda, it would go away. Um, so it's never a complaint of mine running into other people or them running into me. That's just part of the process of hunting public. It sucks when it happens, but you can't be mad at the other hunter. They're just trying to do what you're doing. It's like we're literally doing the same activity. We have a common interest. We're both out here. I should, by default, like you more than 99% of other people that I can't stand in the world. Like if I saw you at a party, I would talk to you wearing a camouflage hat and we would talk about hunting and it'd be great. But for some reason, if I bump you in the woods, we're enemies. That's that's a really weird way of thinking, I believe. Um, and to your point about the nine cars in the parking lot. So the spot that I've been hunting, I've, been, I've run into other hunters almost every hunt so far, even on the weekdays, which is interesting. Go um, tell me more people take, are taking that approach also. But I've been talking to them and, and most of them have been pretty forthcoming about you know, where they're at and what they're seeing, which in past years, it's been a little bit more guarded close to the vest because you don't want someone to go kill that buck. People are really invested in their spot. If you look at someone and they look like this dude had, you know, pretty good camo. He had a, um, a hang on setup. He had, you know, uh, a saddle and climbing sticks, sticks, and he, he DIY'd his own aiders on there. I'm like, this guy's taking his hunting pretty seriously from what I gather, just by looking at him. He has no interest in going to hunt where the hell I am. He's got enough intel yeah. and belief in where he's at that he's not going to pick up and go to here because I said there's a big buck there. Like most decent hunters aren't going to go chase down your spot. And so once we recognize that among each other, we're sharing trail cam picks, picks the same property, comparing different bucks that I hadn't seen his, he hadn't seen mine. So we're like, oh, there's more bucks here that we didn't realize. This is great. And by the way, I don't want to go over by you at all. Like I have no interest in going where you're hunting because that's clearly an area that you're dealing with that I'm not going to encroach on. I, and I don't want you to come at me. So I'm going to tell you where I'm going so you can stay away. What a concept, you know? And then another guy in the parking lot, same. He's like, man, I wish they had like a, a whiteboard or like some laminate over something with markers that show where the hell you are. Cause when you get here and you see three other trucks, it'd be great to not go where those people are. I don't want to ruin your hunt as much as I don't want you to ruin mine. You know? So it's just, yeah. it seems like more folks, at least this season so far out of the three dudes I've run into have been more forthcoming about that kind of stuff, which is more helpful for everybody then. But, yeah, but I've seen, I've that, seen that same thing. Actors that'll come in and burn you out and like, you know, whatever. Someone stole my freaking boots off that property that I, you know, stupidly forgot there. Best okay <laughs> of the season so far. I fucking lost my pair of boots. Changed out my truck, put my Crocs on, left my boots on the property, drove off, didn't realize it the next day. Went to go went go back to look for them, and they were gone. I'm like, come on. Who steals a pair of boots? They just left them there. I would have got them. Yeah, I did the same thing. Uh, I went, I shot a, like, it was like a 160, 165 inch over on public land over there. And um, it, was, it was like the weirdest, weirdest thing ever. Me and my buddy were we got super late going into this piece and we ended up sitting back to back on the ground near like a tree and um it was our first time ever on this piece too and i ended up shooting a, like a, it was like a legit 160 165 in in the shoulder and i thought it was a good shot it was like a 40 yard shot and it just it was like one inch off from being a hard shot it was that that, that one hurt pretty bad and he ended up shooting an eight pointer about five seconds later, um, at like five yards and rolled right at our feet, got up, ran and died behind us. 
and then I ended up getting another shot at that uh, 160 while he was <laughs> while he was running at like five yards and missed. And uh, yeah, so I ended up forgetting my long underwear at the car that day, and someone took those. <laughs> went in the next, yeah, I went in the next day to go to go track, and they were gone. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big guy either. Someone, someone's out there fitting into a small long, long <laughs> underwear. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, like who wears a size 12? Probably most people actually. That's a common <laughs> size. It's never the size I can find when I like something, so that sucks. But I don't know. I wouldn't just hold someone's boots. It's just weird, and it's a conservancy property, so it's like it's a, it's a small pool of people going there. So if I can see someone wearing my boots, I'm like, hey, dick bag, those are mine. What are you doing? <laughs> Come on. Yeah, he probably he probably will never go there again. Wearing right. your boots, at least. Yeah, if that's a if that's a way to get people off my property, that I have access to my pair of boots every year. I'll buy the cheapest one find, leave them there, and then I'll, I'll feel guilty about coming back. That's a that's a new tactic right there, shared on the OK Center podcast. That's how you can keep people off your public land property. <laughs> so, how's it going this season so far? Uh, it's tough. It's really tough. I probably sat. I've I've done three sits on public land so far. Um, I saw a nice two and a half year old eight pointer uh, past him, and then I've passed two nicer bucks, one three and a half, eight pointer, probably one hundred thirty inches. I've had him on camera quite a lot, but that's on private. And then, um, yeah, this this ten pointer has me beat pretty bad. I've got zero pictures of him in daylight, and I've probably got a hundred pictures of him at, between like five a.m. and and. 7 p.m. So it's like I'm just waiting for him to make a mistake and hope I'm in the woods pretty much. Yeah, and and in the right spot. The, yeah, yeah. MSU uh, does a lot of studies on tracking deer color, uh, which is cool because that's like how Spartan Forge was built, if you haven't heard about that. But they yeah, have a lot that. of studies on um, – like the range of these deer and their, their rut range and their like primary range and just how far these animals will go and how much ground they'll cover. I mean, th- th- so I saw a buck, big bodied buck rack, hard to tell. I didn't pull up the glass on it. I was too busy grabbing my phone to get some footage of it, uh, which hindsight, I should have glass them a little bit better to see which one I was looking at. Um, but he, he worked his way up this huge hill in like what seemed like seconds I would have been dying. <laughs> like it would have been a lot of ground. I'd have stopped. I'd have been sucking wind. And these they cover so much ground so fast. That's why I was like, oh my God, there's probably another buck somewhere nowhere near here that could cross my path right now that I have no idea is coming my way. And it could happen any second. And it's like that's the kind of stuff that makes it so exciting. But these deer are covering so much ground right now. And then on the way home, I almost hit one with a really heavy setup, which was my fucking truck. I almost creamed <laughs> that jumped like directly in front of me. And I was like debating, should I slam on the brakes or should I, should I kill this thing? Like, it's... I didn't hit yeah, it. Uh... <laughs> I did it. Um, um, they're, they're out, man. This is it. Like they are chasing, they're seeking, they're, they're chasing other bucks off. Um, there's grunting, dude, I've seen all sorts of crazy activity in the last week. Whereas you know, a week and a half ago, I saw none of that, no sign, nothing. And then boom, it just turned on, you know? So I got to imagine these bucks are going to be locking down soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, actually this past weekend I went out, um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 
I saw one three-year-old chasing a doe and, and a three-year-old eight-pointer. Not the same one that I was talking about, but uh, my dad ended up seeing three three-and-a-half-year-old bucks all chasing, and one was actually tending a doe. Um, she was just bedded, and he was standing right there by her. Um, so it's definitely – some does are definitely going into heat right now, and then even last week they were chasing a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm just hoping – to to get on that buck he's got me beat pretty bad and honestly he doesn't like leave the farm much either that I know of obviously and uh and it's not a game farm by any means it's a, I didn't call it the farm it's a farmhouse and uh but yeah he doesn't leave the farm very much it's just he just doesn't move very much in daylight either I think he's just so smart they don't they don't get very big by us being being dumb that's for sure or they they they're really dumb and they learn like us the hard way. You make yeah. a couple of mistakes and you ain't doing those mistakes ever again. You someone yeah, yeah. an arrow at you and you're like, "Nah, bro, I'm good. I'm gonna lay down for a while here." I'm gonna <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Bill with Spartan Forge, he's been on the show a couple of times and he he's like, "Dude, the data tells me based on what I see in the tracking collar information, like some deer literally don't participate in the first rut. They just sit it out. They're not even gonna bother." That blows my mind when he was sharing that stat with us. And he's got all sorts of nuggets. Yeah, like, but, yeah uh, um, I, I was listening to that, actually. And that's kind of how I think this buck is. Like, most of our other deer are always on camera, like, every week. And he's, like, he'll be on camera, but it's always at night and in the same area. Um, and I'm running 16 cameras on the farm cell cams right now. So, uh, going up all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, and you're a, you're a college student. Like. You got you got enough money for a 16 cell cam data plan. My, no, it's a uh, you, cutting you're link, not so it's like one plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell you're my girlfriend cameras. about that. I but. got a lot of wool, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> no, um, uh, my dad bought the cameras. Um, they're not mine, but I I have to like do it because he's not like technologically advanced or anything. A trade off. Yeah, yeah. Um, which brand? Uh, yeah, that, uh, Cuddy Links. Um, so it's like one one payment a month. So I think it's we're paying for forty dollars a month with with uh, all the cameras linked together. Cool. It's 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 pretty nice, but like the distance between the cameras is like two hundred fifty to three hundred yards max, uh, which kind well, of so that's actually be like you kind of have to create a mesh network or something, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Is it's just a chain, and if one camera dies, like that's that's needed to get to the next one, then you won't receive any of the the photos from like that's the like end the of the Christmas chain. Lights. You got to like find the one bulb that's like not working. Yeah, like, that doesn't work. They're Pass. kind of a pain in the butt. Um, if if one's not working, you have to find which one what which one isn't working, and uh, in that aspect. But it's nice that you're not paying for for sixteen different plans each month. Sure. Interesting. That's kind of cool though. I mean, that's a good trade-off, right? I suppose you're, you're saving money to yeah, you know, daisy, yeah. daisy chain it together. I'm running a one cell cam and I had one buck show up on it so far out of all, no other deer, just one buck, one really good buck. Um, yeah. For me, I would be very happy with that buck. And I was like, holy shit. And then that was literally the day after that I went and hunted and, uh, or two days after that. And that's when all that action popped off. So like, it was like, boom, buck on cam during daylight and then bucks chasing all over the freaking place. And it's just been gangbusters yeah. ever since. So I'm like, man, I need to be out every day I can. So I got off this week. At the end of the week, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's I fun. got it's off Thursday, Thursday through next Wednesday. I took off school. 
Yeah, this is like the rut. I, mean, I imagine most yeah. serious bow hunting whitetail hunters are off for this duration of time. The, the first couple of weeks of November, it's like, here we are. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, if you can get off. This, right. This is the best. I don't know why, but I think like November 7th and 8th are always like the best two days that I ever see action. Yeah. Um, on, on private land. On public, I would actually say like like the 12th and 13th and 14th, like when most people aren't actually hunting the rut. Uh, most people take their vacation off like this this week and then they're burnt out to go out and hunt like the 12th and 13th and 14th. Um, that was, I shot my buck last year on the 12th and um, nobody else was in the woods at that time. My dad's got most of his year the second week in November. So he'd probably agree with you on that. The yeah. only year I've got my bow, that's a, the only buck was November 4th. And he wasn't, he was just moseying about his business. I don't think he was doing much. I think it was like from bed to food. He was, I think, freshening up some rubs and some scrapes, mind his business, walking about, and then boom, you know, I got him. So like he wasn't running through the area, grunting at anything. There weren't any hot does. It was just, yeah, here he comes. Here we go. Boom, done. Like <laughs> it wasn't. It was exciting because it happened kind of fast as far as like how fast he covered the ground to get over to, to me, but it wasn't like what I've been seeing in the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, I guess, did you want me to talk about like the learning curve I had, I guess? Yeah, that'd be great. As to like, I guess hunting like hill country versus like the eastern part of the state is like two different like things. Um, but I'd prefer actually hunting hill country. I think it's easier. Um, in what way? In, I mean, basically it's a challenge, but. What yeah, I think I think it's easier come come rut to see more bucks that are that are of, of like a, a nicer caliber, just because uh, you can see a lot a lot further for the most part through that open timber, through the oaks, and then um, if you can find like a pinch point, which which are fairly easy to find, um, I know Dan Infall talks about like the leeward side of ridges, uh, which is like a big part of finding how those deer move. So um, I'm always hunting the leeward side of ridges, which is the opposite of where the wind's coming from. So yeah, if it's, it's a west wind, you're, yep. yeah, if, if it's a west wind, you're hunting the east side. Or, or if it's a north to south ridge, you're going to be hunting the east side of that ridge on a west wind. And um, I, I think that ups your chances by like 50% just by doing that. And um, a lot of people don't do that, actually that I, from, from what I've seen is they'll just go sit like a saddle or, or, uh, a point on the ridge. That's not, not good. Cause a lot of those deer, they'll come, come around those ridges and smell you before you ever even see them. So you're not, you're missing out on a lot. So you're hunting, you the can get, side they're, they're, they're betting on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and for the most part, I try to like stay off the ridge until I have to go like to where I know I'm going to hunt and then I'll cut it straight up the ridge up like a, a creek or, or a little valley so that I can at least try to stay hidden a bit. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely not like hunting like specific beds by any means. I'm no uh, Jake Bush or anything, but uh, I don't like scout their beds and then hunt their beds specifically. I just kind of go where I think they're going to be cruising. And for the most part, that that pays off pretty good. 
Um, I at least see a couple really nice bucks every year have opportunities at them. Have you ever hunted over there? Yeah, so we hunt southwest Wisconsin for oh, gun. Grant County, you said. Yep, Grant County. And we've been doing that for, I think this will be our 11th or 12th year. I'm fuzzy on time. Uh, but quite a while. I mean, I, I grew up hunting the Nicolay National Forest and um, lack of deer up there overall. So we tried some other stuff out and ended up over there. And first of all, it's beautiful, you know, to have yeah, yeah. that. With a rifle, it's great because you have a lot of visibility and range. Um as far as your setup is concerned, like you don't even need to get in a tree stand. <laughs> you just, you just find a deadfall on along on a ridge and, and you're concealed and you have sight for days. I can shoot a hundred yards through hardwoods, uh, down a ravine or even further. My buddy took almost like a 300 yard shot, um, from one ridge over to like two other ridges away. <laughs> and he's capable of it. He's a Marine and he's a fucking yeah. dead eye. Um, those types of shots are really exciting to be able to take in this state. If you have that ability, like that's pretty rare. This ain't Colorado, <laughs> you know, like these aren't, but it's, it's cool. Cause that, that hill country thing kind of comes into play with the wind and, and the leeward. So like really at gun season, what you have as your big advantage is the hunting pressure. I think people in the woods moving about whether they're diehards or, or like the weekend warriors, or they're just there for the party. Those guys are pooping, they're getting up, they're moving, they're hungry, they stink, like boo, whatever they're doing, and they're getting deer to move. So I think all of this science of deer hunting to some degree for gun, it's kind of like, man, it's whatever. It, it's whatever is going to happen is going to happen, and it's going to happen on that first Saturday. And that's like one of the the days you could win the lottery without having yeah. to know what the hell you're doing. You don't have to be a smart investor to hit big. You can just go do a scratch off essentially. And you might, you might strike gold. Um, and all those, all that movement is great. So I, you know, I, I will look at the wind direction out there for sure. Cause I think at least on some of the early setups, I know the property so, so well, cause we've hunted it for 11 years that like, Oh, if it's going to be a leeward wind, you know, maybe we'll put someone over there that, you know, hasn't had a chance to shoot a deer yet or, or whatever. It just, or it's a good way to think, well, the deer might come from this direction today. But really, they're going to come from anywhere because there's orange blobs plotted throughout this whole freaking forest. And it's going to be like ping pong hitting different things. The deer are just going to be going wherever they can get to without seeing an orange blob, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oak Tree Dreams, for sure, Drew. Opening day is about as traditional as it gets here in the state. And it's just a couple of weeks away. And, and I'm very enthused about it. Uh, as you'll come to find out very soon, we're going to do, a, we're going to do two podcasts, the the week before the gun opener so our traditional tuesday night just everybody to call in i stole the bob and brian where are you going what are you taking and that's what we're gonna do we're in a whole freaking hour or two of just people calling in to tell us where they're going what they're taking and usually it's i'm yeah. going to blah 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 i'm bringing my remington blah 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 and i'm in a case is such and such or a bottle of da 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 <laughs> like it's always <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> um so do you have, so do you have a, a deer camp down there we we just do a VRBO. We had okay. like we don't have any property or any place that's ours. Not yet. You know, I haven't I haven't gotten rich yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <But> it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't happened. But it'd be a great place, I think. To we had a, a VRBO that was like an actual cabin, and then the folks that owned it sold it. So we had it made in the shade for like two years in a row with a hot tub and a sauna, and it was freaking beautiful. Our wives are like, "What the frick? This is the kind of place you take us to." We're like, "Nah, nah, nah, nah. We're taking ourselves, and it's gonna be." Farts and beer, <laughs> like eating beef jerky and cooking stew. Oh, shit. 
Yeah, so. uh, my aunt actually comes to gun season, but she's like uh, the camp cook is what we call her. She just cooks food and makes makes uh, desserts for us. Oh my god! So that, yeah, it's pretty it's awesome. Evil. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna she has to... to deal with us too. So yeah, holy crap! Best of both worlds. That's great. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do if I had to tell my wife I had another tax summary bill. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm hoping I can tell my wife I have a tax summary bill. But oh, we'll see. You know, and quite honestly, I'm. You know, everyone knows I'm not a trophy hunter. I have no trophies to speak of. I have like one deer on the wall, and that's it. And otherwise, I got a couple small antlers hanging around here with huge stories behind them, which is the real trophy for me. But I'm a person of symmetry, believe it or not. And as a graphic designer, most of my design work is symmetrical in some way, shape, or form, very simple and clean. So right now it's like giving my OCD, which I don't have much of, a run for my money because there's only one deer. So it's like unbalanced. I just want to have another one to balance it out. Like that's, that's the impetus for me right now. I'm like, oh God, I just need to get another deer in the world so it can be even because it's stressing me out. Uh, as dumb this as that. This weekend uh, though. I think you'll get it done this weekend. I don't know. I hope so. I hope something happens. And <laughs> usually, you know, half the battle is like you get an opportunity, but I've messed up a lot of opportunities. I've had opportunities on a lot of big deer. I've gotten so yeah. close to so many big deer over the years. I've gotten so much better at closing that gap, but I just find a way to F it up. So it, it's really, uh, it's really difficult. You get, it's hard to get, come by those opportunities. I mean, I lofted an arrow right over the back of a nice eight pointer before I got the eight pointer that I got, um, you know, like a week before. And it just, it doesn't always work out. You know, once that arrow leaves the string, Whatever's going to happen, yeah. gonna happen, you know, like I, feel, you, I feel like it's like that for a lot of people. I don't know why the biggest ones always get away. They're lucky. That's why they're big, I guess. But you know, or the walleye, <laughs> whatever the hell, like shit, yeah. shit doesn't work out when the stakes are higher. I don't know. It's like the three biggest bucks I've ever had, like opportunities at or shot at. I'm either missed or like I messed up the shot or something. All it was like a 165 a 148 and a half, which I've shot in the shoulder also. Uh, my dad ended up killing that one two weeks later in gun season. And then I missed one in gun that was like a 150. So it's the biggest ones always, always get away. Yeah. I don't know. I had two little guys get away in the Nicolay National Forest because I grabbed my bow upside down. And then, I, <laughs> and then like by the time I turned it right set up, I put my release on my bow, but it was an old bow and it had like a rubber stopper, not like a D-loop. And I put the release mm-hmm. of the rubber stopper. So I'm, zip. I'm like, dude, two, how, how many things can go wrong in one little, you know, uh, moment and you know, everything that could go wrong. When I dropped some down, it was plinkle the whole way down. I grabbed my bow upside down. I, I put my release on the wrong way. Like my God, you know, that was my first ever time bow hunting. And I had two bucks stop right in front of me and I never even got to like draw back. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, a, a lot of my uh, friends that I'm, I've been, I've been trying to get a lot of people into bow hunting just because, like, I, I like doing it with other people. Like, I like being able to go out in the woods with other people and see what, hear what they saw too. Um, so I've gotten, I think, like three people into bow hunting the past That's couple huge. years, and um, they keep telling me like, this is so hard. Like, why, why do I do this? I go out in the woods to see nothing. It's like. Like it's, it's way harder than it sounds to go and shoot like a a big buck right away. I mean, you have to take like everything into consideration. Like 
and you can't just like go out and expect to shoot a huge deer especially on public land i mean this is not gonna happen unless like you said you win the lottery but it's interesting Um, like you go and you take everything into consideration so uh once upon a time i used to do uh radon mitigation uh system installations i I ran like marketing for a radon company and you know as part of that job they, they threw me in the field for like three months to like learn what's really happening here. So it's like, you know, a, a plumber light version <laughs> that wasn't yeah. anything that important, but you'd roll up on a house and you'd start to like, Oh, okay. It's an attached garage. It's got cedar shake roofing. Um, there's brick there. I'm probably, Oh, there, there's some crock is sitting on this side. So I already knew by the time I walked in the house, I already knew exactly what the fuck I was going to do. Mm-hmm. I already knew I was going to punch through this area. I already knew that it wasn't going to be in a, you know, a certain type of system based on the layout of the home. Like you're assessing it and rolling up and judging things and putting the pieces together as you get to the property, so to speak. And so I'm heading out on this property the other day and I'm like, okay, you know, the wind is blowing this way. This is creating a leeward situation where the deer are probably better on the opposite side of this ridge than maybe they would normally be. And that means that they're going to move this way rather than that way. So you're starting to break things down right out of the gate. Like, oh, the corn's being cut now. So they're not going to be in that field. You know, like it's an evolving thing, but you're putting the piece together literally as, Oh, the cows are standing up. I just learned this the other day from uh, Josh Dutton with half rack um, on the yeah. way. I was like, dude, the fucking cows are standing and sure as shit, the deer were on their feet, dude. Like, and I know Spartan Forge is big up in that stuff, but I'm starting to put these pieces together as I'm like driving to the property, as I'm getting to the property, as I'm walking to the spot, I'm scouting my way in. And these are things that I never would have thought of three, four years ago, I wouldn't, I would have just been like, da, 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 da. I'm going to this spot because that tree looked good. I, you know, I don't freaking know. I didn't know where the deer were bedding. I didn't know where they're feeding. I didn't consider any of the wind stuff for how they would travel. And I think the rut ruins yeah. most of it anyways, which is why a lot of the big guy, like the guys that kill big deer, they rely on early season because they've patterned an animal based on all of these variables and components during the rut. The deer are just going to do yeah. weird yeah. shit. So now it's like, that's yeah. off. So those things still help, but it's not the same. I was going to say, uh, come, come like, like mid to late October. Like one thing that I used to do that, I, that like really turned me into like how I hunt now is I would just go in and kind of have a spot set in my mind that I was like, okay, I'm going to go sit this. And then that's when I wouldn't see deer because there might not have been sign where I was sitting and I was just like, okay, I'm dead set on this. This looks good for my map. But, uh, like, I really started, like, seeing more action when I would, like, actually go in, see a scrape here, see a scrape here, see a rub, and then, like, decide, if, is this where I want to go? And then over, like, a, a, an amount of time, I guess, of hunting, you kind of just realize, like, you kind of listen to your gut. It's like, do I push forward? Do I stay here? If you have, like, a lot of time, you might just want to stay there and see how it goes. Cause you never really want to push too far right away. Um, Cause that's kind of where you can, can jump one and then you're like, okay, whatever. But I guess once you do jump one out of its bed, you kind of at least know where it is on that given wind too. So even if you do jump one, it's not the end of the world. You might actually learn more than you went in with. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, that was the other thing too. Like well, I think, Two years ago, I learned bumping a buck is not the end of the world. And I used to think that it was. Yeah. And it's not. It means that that worked for them, and now you know where they're betting. <laughs> and, like, guess what? Next year, another buck probably is going to come to the same conclusion that that's a safe spot to bed. So now yeah, you've yeah. in a general region of where they might be betting. And maybe you not know the specific spot, but um, 
this is where this accumulated knowledge starts to really come into play, especially as you start to hunt various properties, you're gathering more intel. So now I have like a number of properties that I'll look at based on wind direction and I won't sit certain properties versus before I would just go to that property because that's the property that I felt comfortable going to. And I didn't know any better one way or the other. So it's a, it's a, it is a learning experience. Hunting public land, I think is fun. I've, I've only hunted private land like a handful of times. I never had any luck on private land. Um, so it's fine. I just, uh, <laughs> public land's all I know. It's all I really ever have been, been doing. It was something I've done way before. It was ever like considered to be this challenging endeavor. It was just, mm-hmm. well, we didn't have private land and I was like, oh, wow, I wish we had private land. All the deer know the boundaries and that's where they are. Like, cause they feel safe there. Deer don't freaking know. They don't know. Area so right when you, private and hunting and they're running onto public. They don't freaking know what they're doing. Yeah. When you hunted like a private, did you hunt it the same way you would like, like public ground? Oh, dude, I just would like, my uncle has some private that I got to hunt, like honestly less than a handful of times. And he had like preset stands and he's like, you're okay. sitting in the stand, they're probably going to come from this direction. And that was about it. Like I didn't, I didn't know. I was like, Oh, if I see deer. I'll be excited. Yeah. Cause I, I hunt uh private ground, like totally different than I would public. Uh, I would say like when I hunt private ground, it's like way more, I get like actually scared going in too deep. So I'll like sit on the edge most of the time. I think that's why I haven't killed this buck is cause I'm kind of waiting for the right time, I guess. Cause I don't ever want to want to push him out of, out awesome. of where he is mm-hmm. versus on, on public. I'll like go right in where I think they are. I'll try to get right on top of them if I can. And then worst case is I jump one. I know where he is. I'll go somewhere else the next day then come back in a week or two and hunt that buck again. Um, But the problem with public is you don't know if someone else did the same thing. And so, yeah. Yeah. The the part that I think is so challenging about deer hunting as a whole is you could be making the right moves and you might just be off by a little tiny bit, but you would never know it. There's no validation and the validation you do get, then you try to analyze that just as much as you do the hunts that didn't go well. Cause you're like, well, why did he come this way? Like, why did I have success? What was going on there? I'm always trying to validate the choices that I'm making. And sometimes it's not even possible because you don't have any good Intel to go off of. And maybe you just fucking looked away and that buck moved through and you never even saw him. And he was there, you know how many, and that that's true when there's snow on the ground, you're like, there's tracks right here. They weren't there on the way in. Like he snuck through here, you know, cause they're ghosts. They're silent ghosts. And these windy days that we've been having here, I think they're fantastic days because you get some sound cover and some grace. Um, but so do they. <laughs> and then now yeah, you have yeah. to like have your head on a swivel. So all the advantages <laughs> that you're getting, they're getting too. So it's it's interesting, man. Like it that's just what makes it so fun is this perpetual challenge of chess. It's a never-ending chess game that you can never be perfect at because your opponent is ever evolving and and the variables that go into the board are ever evolving. It's just a blast. This is such a, this is such a good time of the year. Like soak it up guys. This is it. Like we live for this shit. It is here. Enjoy it. Even if you're having a grueling, frustrating, tumultuous season, it's still worth appreciating that we're out there. Yeah. It's only, only a matter of time before the stars align for a lot of people. And like, like I said, all my, all my friends, like, they're like, why don't we ever like shoot anything? I'm like, dude, you guys see nice bucks every time you go out. It's like, it's only a matter of time before it happens. I mean, it's bound to happen at some point. If you keep sticking to it, doing what you're doing, 
and you feel confident in what you're doing, then it's only a matter of time. It might not be this year. It could be next year, but you can't just just not not feel confident in what you're doing for the most part. If you're seeing them and you're on public land and you're away from yeah. other hunters, you've yeah. you've done quite a bit. You should be very proud of that. I am. Anytime I'm on public land, I see deer and I see any like decent deer. I'm like, this is, this is a win for me. Like, this is a win. You know, it just means that I, I, you know, maybe I did guess right. And it just didn't work out that way. Or maybe it's like, no, I needed to be 20 more yards this way. And there's a, there was a reason for that that I wasn't aware of at that point in time. You know, that's what happened to me on yeah. last Friday. I was 50 yards off the mark. And if I would have been 50 yards, fuck, 40 yards closer, I could be having a different story to tell right now, you know? Yeah. My buddy, Ryan, um, he's been grinding really hard. He's one of the ones that we kind of taught how to bow hunt over. The, he just probably started three years ago, four years ago, I would say. And he hunts public land solely. And uh, he's really been going out there. He drives an hour and a half one way, an hour and a half back to this piece. And then it's like a mile walk in through swamp. Um, so he's he's like more hardcore than I am right now. Um, so it's like the uh, he's become the master in this scenario, but it's only a matter of time before he shoots a big one. I have, I think this weekend he'll probably get on one because I know he's been seeing him. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of him and how he actually stuck with it and keeps grinding, grinding for a nice buck. That's cool, man, because then you have someone that you can – it's like – yeah. If you're in a book club and you read these books, and like, man, I wish I had someone to talk to about this fucking book or this show or this movie – and then finally someone does and you're like, Oh, remember that one part when yeah. they did it or whatever? Like now I'm like, dude, so like, how did it go? Like, and then you get into these things and this is why you can't talk to any other humans that don't hunt deer anymore. <laughs> like it ruins it for you. You're an always socially awkward human being at any, every wedding you go to, unless someone's wearing a camel hat. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's funny. And then, and then like when, uh Oh, I think, uh, I don't know if his phone died or what happened, but he just dropped off right in the middle. There you are. Must have cut out. But, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but then, um, whenever, whenever, like they kill one, it's like it's like when you kill one, almost like, like I do a lot of filming yes. for my buddies too. Like I'll sit in the tree and film them, and I shake a lot more when I when I film them than when I shoot a buck. I don't know why, but I get a lot more hyped when when it comes in right and I shoot at one. Yeah. Be, yeah. There's a lot of empathy that goes into like literally being in the moment with them it's pretty cool yeah man yeah, I, got, I almost get, get more excited and you're how old are you because you're in school I'm, and i'm 21 yeah so dude live it the fuck up right now because <laughs> you can hunt as much as you want free and clear if you got a girlfriend or a fiance or anything like that <laughs> but, um i have three kids and a wife and uh, a day job and among those responsibilities it's hard to fight for time to deer hunt. And when I do, my wife is one that's taking the, the, the hit for the team here. So the guilt stacks <laughs> up pretty high. Uh, I've bought her like lottery tickets on the way home. I've bought her a massage. I've, I'm like, I'm sorry. And she's like, I don't want this stuff. I'm like, well, you're not going to not take it. She's like, well, no, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, you, you almost have to bribe them to make them not feel bad or something. I have to do it for me, so I don't. <laughs> yeah, to, for you, for you yeah, to not feel just bad. Feel like not. Nah, this ain't enough. This ain't enough. I'm like, I know it's not. Um, so she's rooting for me to get a buck more than I am at this point because she's like, just <laughs> kill one so you can come home. So last year when I, yeah. I got my buck, she's like, "Sweet, are you done now?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm good. 
till gone and then I'll come back and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how my girlfriend is. She's like, when are you going to shoot one? I'm like, it, it's not that easy. I wish I had the answer, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, wish, I wish it was tomorrow that I shot one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, but anybody that's getting into hunting, you know, you see the hunting public, you see the infaults, you see the juries, you see these, um, all these, you know, star-studded folks that have have made it and and gotten big deer and people think like you said oh i'm gonna go out in the woods and i'm gonna make this happen and get a big deer i'm wearing the sweatshirt that says shoot deer like just shoot deer shoot all of them and get your practice and confidence up greg talks about this a lot like shoot that spike buck shoot that doe don't hold out because if you've not ever shot a deer and you're holding out for a 150 class inch buck you're going to F up that shot. You're going to have a poor experience. Like just go make it happen because the memory and the meat are the real trophies. Everything else is bonus, bonus, bonus. Like right now I'm trying to balance on my wall. Like I don't actually care. You know, it's exciting because I like the challenge and I like that I'm learning and I can validate that what I've learned. I've been talking to fucking people on a deer hunting podcast since 2013. I have a lot of accumulated knowledge that I'm trying to put into practice that that makes me feel good. There's a lot of fun things for me there, but I'll still shoot. I'm going to shot a five pointer last year. Cause I was like yeah. losing my mind excited. Cause <laughs> <laughs> like it was just breaking down really fun. And I, I don't care. Um, it didn't play out that way, but, uh, I actually didn't have an opportunity. The five-year-old, he like made a smart choice and didn't come any closer. <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think uh, whatever makes you shake, I think you should shoot. I mean that I saw that on a quote and it's like, I think that's pretty, pretty true for the most part, because there's been times like earlier, earlier on in my hunting career, I guess I'm still young, but like when I was like 16 and I'd pass like a 115 inch eight pointer or something. And then I'd like regret it. I wouldn't shoot one that year. And then I'd be like, why did I do that? Like, Mm -hmm. and I was excited to pass it or to shoot it if I would have shot it, but like whatever makes you excited, you should shoot it. I mean, especially if you're just getting into hunting, there's a point where you get like, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight bucks under your belt. And you're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to, to pass this deer and not feel bad about it and not feel bad about not shooting one. Yep. Um, and that's, I'm kind of like in that stage right now where I'm like regretting passing them, but also not regretting passing them. I got a buddy that comes with to gun season and he's gotten two deer in his entire hunting career. And he's my age. He's 30. He's 36. I'm 35. And I tell you what, man, he shoots anything. And he looks like a 12 year old on Christmas that just got a freaking Ferrari. Like, yeah, he's so <laughs> Jack. So like, what the fuck does he care if someone says, why'd you shoot that? He's happy. He's happy. Yeah, yeah. He eats all of the meat, all of it. He loves venison so much. Um, like, why the hell would someone piss on that? So what? Yeah, so, yeah. Dude shot a four pointer. The fuck do you care? It's his tag. Like he had a lot, he had a lot of fun when he was excited. And so my buddy Jared down in Arkansas, who's been on the show several times, says, "Whatever gets your piss hot, man, shoot that thing." And yeah, I totally agree with that. So that's it. Um, but you know, everyone's got goals. Everyone's got a different journey. So it's always funny because with the OKS brand, people are like, "Oh, so are you against shooting big deer?" Hell no. It's your tag. <laughs> the the yeah, trophy's in the eye of the beholder, man. I don't give a fuck what you shoot as long as that's what you want to <laughs> shoot. And then yeah, don't that's, how, that's exactly like, how I am. Don't say that crap like it wasn't the biggest buck, but don't say that. Stop it. Just if you shot it, it was big enough. 
you know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate when people say that on Facebook. They're like, bad, they're bad. like trying to like make themselves feel bad. Like I'm they're like trying to like already stop the comments of yep. why do you shoot that? It's like, who cares? Like you shot it. You should be happy about it. You yep. got meat. You got. They won't even post it. It won't even make its way yeah. on there. They don't want to deal with the ridicule or the shame or whatever. Dude, it's interesting. Like that never used to be a thing. Like social media used to not exist. And that shame might exist when you take it to, Back in the day, you take it to the um, registration station and you'd see guys run up with, you know, a 12 point and be like, oh, I got this little dink, yeah. you know, <laughs> like yeah, it's the same, same stuff. And maybe people like would close their tailgate then rather than drive around with it open, you know, because they don't. Yeah. Oh, the, well, the hoop's hanging out. It's a, it's a don't worry about it. It's yeah, I've there. been taking my buddy out um, on my private land, trying to get him his first buck. He's been hunting for 10 years since he was 10 years old gun season and then he probably started bow hunting when he was like 15 i would say and he's never shot a buck um and he hunts only private land um does gun hunting in northern wisconsin which is which can be pretty tough for sure but uh yeah i've taken him out probably eight or nine sits on on my property and he like comes close every single time and he's like this is just not for me. I'm, I don't want to bow hunt anymore. I'm like, dude, trust me. It's only a matter of time. Like, like it, it's not that easy. It took me like four years to shoot them with my bow before I did it. Yep. Um, it takes a lot of time for me. It took me a long time. I've heard people take like 12 years. It's like, whatever it, it, it's experience. It's not being out there. And I see, I like being out this time of year too. Yeah. I, I've yeah. always said when you go out in the end of, you know, November, there might be snow on the ground. The leaves are all gone. You're bundled up. You feel like the Michelin man. You can't move your arms. You're like the kid on the Christmas story that falls over and can't get up. Bow hunting, I've always likened it to like being a ninja. I'm like, dude, this is great. I'm like a freaking ninja out here. I'm I'm like light layers. I'm camouflage. I got my bow. I'm super stealthy. It's just different. It's different. Yeah, I like when the leaves are changing too. That's like my favorite time. I could sit all day and not see a deer and I'd be happy. I, mean, I remember one year I was in the stand and the leaves are just literally falling all around me. It was like snowing, but leaves. And I was like, this is freaking incredible, man. Like, it's just cool. You know, the only way to get yeah. better is a big deer coming through or something like that. But <laughs> moments like that are all good and dandy. I had a coyote almost step over me, uh, opening gun last year. It's obbles that come and swoop down and kill mice. Like just seeing that stuff is fun to witness. There's a lot of cool things you can see in the woods that have nothing to do with deer. I know. saw on uh, Instagram, like you had a GoPro. Are you doing like some self-filming now? Uh, yeah, just with the GoPro on my phone. I'm not okay. Not I'm not actually trying hard. I'm just uh, trying to get what I can. Yeah, that's tough. I, I do self-filming. Uh, every hunt I try to bring my, my camera out unless it doesn't fit on the tree or something, camera arm strap. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another thing that actually helped me like start passing a like two and three-year-old deer was bringing the camera out and filming it like because if i felt felt bad for passing it or something i could always look at the video footage and be like wow that's a cool deer um, yeah it's always fun to watch them and see how they behave or what they do and it's a learning experience yeah. as on a deer in the field you're like okay that's how they're gonna move through here plus it keeps me like not bored in the stand if i'll do like an interview or something mm-hmm. like like if it if i'm doing an all-day sit i'll do like a couple interviews and just anything to keep me like in the stand i guess yeah that's a good way to look at it because you're yeah. still the trigger it's just different <laughs> yeah yeah so what's your okay moment? 
what, yeah, that's the other one. I'll eat everything right away. Cause I get bored in a second. But what's your okayest moment that you've had uh, that you feel like talking about or recently? Okay. So uh, just this past week um, I was hunting and the, the property owner to the, to the east of me started like cutting wood within like a hundred yards of where I was so, like so close. I could, I could have heard him fart if he farted, but like he was that close. So he scared all the deer that were out in front of me away. And um, so I was like, okay, I'll just, it was like an hour left of light. And I was like, I'll, I'll just get down. So I waited like five minutes and I'm like, I'll get down. So I started climbing down the, the ladder, lowered my bow. I get halfway down the ladder and I hear one running right at me from where he was. So I'm halfway down the ladder and this buck comes literally right under the stand and looks up at me and it it blew and ran off so that 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 sucked so then i was like all right i'll just sit now so i crawled back up the stand pulled my bow back up and then i ended up seeing two more bucks after that had happened so i kind of realized like it's definitely worth just sitting sitting it out even if something bad happens if someone walks by or someone's cutting wood next to you like the deer don't care that much sometimes and and you can kind of get away with it and i well, definitely so wouldn't that's, that's, that's probably business as usual for them to some degree in that area they probably just spooked him a little bit and they're like yeah. but it wasn't really threatening um yeah that's great. and i've had the same scenario on, on public where someone has walked by and an hour later a deer will come by it's like how many times you get it on trail camera you're like that deer was there 10 minutes after i left like yeah it's <laughs> enough and uh like we talked about in the beginning these deer will travel quite a ways, especially this time mm-hmm. of year. So like yeah. they're walking into some new territory that cause they're chasing some scent or they're getting pushed out by some other buck or whatever's going on. So like it can all change. I feel like I'm gonna have a problem for the rest of the next couple of days. Cause now that I've had eyes on big deer in the spot I'm hunting, I feel like I'm, I'm fixated on that right now. <laughs> and that might ruin it for me. Cause maybe they're not there anymore and I don't even know it. And I, but I think they are, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, and it's yeah. still fresh enough that it's going to be hard to discern any new additional sign or something. So it's who knows, who knows, <laughs> man, it's just, a, this is it. This is the, this is what keeps me up at night. Actually, right now is just overthinking this stuff. Yeah. But no, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. And do you, you're doing self-filming. Are you parking that anywhere like publicly on YouTube or Facebook or anything? Or, um, I, I do have a channel. Um, I think I have one, one bow kill on video. Uh, but that was from like 2016. Uh, it's called Wisconsin Bow Hunters um, or Wisco Bow Hunters, I think. And for the most part, I'm I'm thinking about just creating one long video at the end of the year if I shoot one. Mm-hmm. I've probably got like because I take videos of all the deer I see every time. But I'm I think I'm gonna do one longer, better edited video versus like one short 10 minute video of me shooting the deer. I'll, yeah. I'll show like all of my struggles throughout the year, all the times I've sat and didn't see anything like, and, and then kind of show what can happen if you kind of stick it out. Hopefully, I guess we'll see. Right. Right. Well, that's yeah. cool. I'm doing something similar this year. So I have a lot of um, footage from this year. That's just sitting there that, you know, hopefully we'll see the light of day next year and hopefully there's a good ending, ending to the story, but there's yeah, a lot of you yeah. going to quick trip to get a bang energy drink. <laughs> that's like a yeah, lot. Of- I guess, uh, like, have you seen, um, behind the bow? 
No. That's a good shame. Um, he he is from Wisconsin. I think Nina. Uh, he he posts like videos like that, but he'll do like all of his all of his sits and then make one really good edited video. That's cool. Um, he he's had a couple of really nice public land bucks. He just shot one this week over in Minnesota. It's like a one fifty or something. Nice man, that's great. Good for him. I'll have to check it out. Behind the bow. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a really good channel. He's he's like semi popular um, on on YouTube. I think he's got a couple thousand subscribers, and then his Instagram's pretty pretty good too. I'll check it out. That'd be a fun one. I'm always looking for new stuff to watch because. Any chance I get right now, I'm throwing up hunting public on the TV, you know, on YouTube. And... Yeah, and he's uh, he's like a video editor. I think he does it for a living, so his videos are like top notch quality too. That's great. That's fun stuff. I dabbled. Yeah. I got a degree in gra- graphic design and web media, so once upon a time I was pretty good at the stuff, but I'm just not doing it, so it's not ex- it's not yeah. exercised. Um, and I don't. I got other priorities. <laughs> like a. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. But dude, thanks for hanging out with me on the on the podcast. It's good to meet you. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it was, was nice meeting you too. Yeah, dude, and, and good in, good information, good topic, uh, well discussed. Be happy to have you back on and, and hear more about your season and, and stay in touch. Yeah, I'm in sure. the, the live feed. Uh so for those that tuned in, thanks so much. Uh looks like Oak Tree Dreams, huge participation there. Um, you know, tune in to the real podcast or like the real the, the published podcast and it's in podcast land. I'll make a couple more announcements on the back side of this interview, but um I think that's all I got for now. So uh stay here with me for a minute. We'll debrief and have a good night, everybody. All right, quick announcement. I know I have a tendency of rambling on. I'll try not to do that too much. Uh first things first. I've not been doing the giveaways because we've not been getting calls to do the giveaways for. So just a reminder, this is a call-in show when we air uh, or broadcast live Tuesdays. Give us a call. Tell us your stories. Hang out with us. Ask our guests questions. Participate in the conversation. This is your show. And anybody that calls in gets entered to win some giveaways each month. Some OKS Hunter swag. Some of that new swag or some of that swag. uh, We have blaze orange hats on the way. They're being produced or made right now uh, we'll have those out soon on our website so people can get those scooped up before deer camp um, additionally we have sold out of our first 20 uh, buffalo plaid fleece flannel koozies and, and we just sent them out today uh, Tuesday the 2nd of November so everyone that ordered those we are ahead of schedule on those we were anticipating getting them uh, end of this week and shipping out next week, but we're a week ahead of schedule there. So we did order 20 more of those. So those are back in stock. If anyone wants to get one of those and they didn't have an opportunity because the inventory was lower out, uh, feel free to jump in and, and place your order. Be happy to send more of those out the door. And we don't have a guest for next week, the ninth. That is intentional because I want to take calls. I want to hear from y'all about how the rut is going, uh, what you're seeing, uh, where you're hunting, not specifically, we're not trying to take your spot, but just in general, you know, what are you seeing? Where are you seeing it? What's going down? How's your season been? We want to hear from you guys uh, and gals, our listeners. You know, we have a lot of participation in the comments, which is great. I want to have some calls. So Greg and I are going to be in studio potentially with Derek. So we're going to debrief on some stuff. We'll have plenty to talk about, but I want the phone queue to be deep. I want to have like, 
10 callers in queue. I want to take calls the whole episode. And to that same point, we have a really good guest on the 16th. Steve Shirk with Shirk's Guide Service is going to be talking to us. Um, if you don't know who he is, check out his Instagram um, and, and take a look. I've never seen more big deer in my life on one single Instagram page. And uh, it's from a guy that knows what the hell he's talking about, what he's doing. So that'll be fun to pick his brain. And then that same week, the 18th, which is Thursday, um, I want to do a live broadcast show. Time is TBD, but I want to do for most of Wisconsin, the where are you going? What are you bringing? So calls, calls, calls. It'll be at least an hour long show dedicated to just taking calls of people telling us where they're going and what they're bringing for the Wisconsin gun deer opener. So please spread the word for that. I'll start promoting it. You'll see some stuff come out on our socials. Um, we obviously, we obviously do obviously we also do a weekly email blast. So if you're not subscribed to our email, go ahead to our, uh, head to our website and a pop up will show up. You can subscribe. If it doesn't pop up, you can go to the bottom and hit subscribe. Um, but every single week we send an email out that does a recap of our podcast episode, uh, our blog that was produced that week. Cause we do a blog every week and then okay. hunter tip, which some are legit, some are comical, some are stupid. It doesn't matter. It's fun. And uh, you might find some discounts in the emails too. So great thing to be participating with, but I'll drop some more information in that email about some of those things that are upcoming, like our future guests, uh, as well as the call and stuff and things of that nature. So those are the announcements that I have. Um, we are doing the trade show in March in Wisconsin, in the Dells, March 25th through the 27th. So that is officially booked. And we did officially book or confirm our space for our archery shoot that we are hosting ourselves for the last weekend of August of 2022, it'll be at Hubbleton Brewing Company. So that'll be August 27th of 2022. More details will obviously unfold. That's quite a ways away, but I'm very excited about it. So that's what I got for announcements. Thanks for tuning in this week. Thanks for our guest, Noah, for hanging out with us. Uh, it's always cool to talk to someone that literally has never been on a podcast before. You know, you're going to find guests on this show that you've never heard before and others that you probably have heard before quite a bit. So we're, we're all over the spectrum. We're going to talk to the everyday hunter, um, guys and gals like you that listen to the show and, and people that, you know, have made their rounds on podcasts too. Everyone has something to offer everyone in the deer hunting space. So good luck tonight or tonight. <laughs> good luck in the woods. I know a lot of people are hunting right now. I'm going to be one of them. Uh, I'm off Thursday and Friday. I will be trying to get it done on public land and, uh, Wish me luck, everybody. I'm trying really hard, and, and my wife is a trooper, so big shout out to her for letting me get so much time in the woods and trying to make this happen. She wants me to get a deer more than I do, so uh, let's hope I can make that happen for her and our family. So that's all I got. I'm rambling. Like I said, I wouldn't, so have a great night, day, week, weekend. Good luck in the woods. Shoot straight. Shoot deer. Never pass, and don't forget your release.